Again, welcome, and my name is Spencer Thomas. Um, uh, We're starting a new sermon series this Sunday morning. What we're talking about is stories. It's, I love to tell the stories. Stories are an important part of our lives, whether it be part of your faith or not. Stories is how we grow. It's how we learn. It's how we remember. It's how we don't keep doing the same mistakes. We remember the stories. And and I believe that the thoughts you have about Jesus are the most important thoughts you can have. I believe that um, the books you read about Jesus are the most important books you'll ever read. And I believe that the stories you tell about Jesus are the most important stories you'll ever tell. Amen? Amen. I love to tell the stories. We're going to be hearing from uh, a bunch of different ministry directors here at our church stories of God's faithfulness, of God's promises kept, of ministry that's happening in our church. And I'm excited to learn about what God's doing at places that I don't get to usually go to. So I'm excited. And I hope you are too. Um, this morning, the stories we're talking about, the ministry that we're going to talk about is our young adult ministry here at the church. Uh, I get to be the director of young adult ministries. It's our YAM program. And um, we're going to start with, with where we're at now. And then I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning and we're going to fill everything in. Um, if Dylan, go ahead and put the group picture up. This is we a few weeks ago we did a group paint, where what that would look like is everyone came to Yam, and they walked in and there were canvases down on the tables, and I said, hey guys, we're ready to get started. Everyone pick up a paintbrush, go ahead and start painting your canvas. And I had a timer, and when five ten minutes later the timer goes off, I say, everyone put your paintbrushes down. And rotate to the right to a new canvas. Each one of these students are loved and are equal in the eyes of God. But the paintings are not equal. (laughs) I love them though. And they're all unique and they're all special and they're all different. Even though they had the same people painting them. I think that your life and my life, our lives, they're like canvases at times. You have different people with different paintbrushes with different colors all trying to do something you're getting pulled in all these different directions things can be covered up things can shine through hear this that even in the midst of your life being like a canvas you are made in the image of your creator first and foremost and that can always shine through one of the greatest uh, lies ever told in the Bible is when the serpent, the devil, is talking to Adam and Eve in the garden. And he says, if you eat from this fruit, you'll be like God. They were already like God. They were already made in his image. And that lie to try to convince them that ultimately worked To disobey God. I I think so often in my life, sin and disobedience from God is because I'm, I've either doubted or forgotten the truth that already is. That was our message that night to our young adults. We had about 25 of them come and do some paintings. Isn't that cool? 
Um, I want to invite up uh, a couple, three people. I want to invite Alexis and Marco and Cody. Why don't you guys come up? Um, every, not every year, but for the last few years, we've had some seniors from our young adult ministry at Shriner uh, be graduating. And so um, do we have, where'd that, where'd Haley, where'd your microphone go? Uh-oh. Is there one here? Throw it. I'm kidding. Don't throw it. Listen, we got one here. We conjured one from the choir loft. Awesome. So uh, so this year, last year we had a couple seniors. This year we have three. Um, these are seniors. They have, um, they have gone to our church. They've been faithful to God in this church. And they've, they've become champions for what God's doing in young people's lives in Kerrville. Um, all the revivals throughout history that happened for Christ, these, these social shifts towards going back towards God, it's always started with the young people, with young adults. We're gonna, when we're done introducing them and talking about them and of them for a second, we're going to pray blessing and favor that there would be revival because of their generation and the generations to come. Amen. And so I'm gonna, I want you to meet them. I want you guys to say your name what you studied, and what you'll be moving on to in this next season of life, okay? Hello, I'm Cody. I study political science and hopefully will be going to law school after graduation. Great. That was cool. Um, I'm Alexis. I'm currently getting my master's in medical laboratory science, and I hope to work at Peterson Hospital in the next year. I'm Marco. I studied chemical engineering, and I will be moving to North Dakota to pursue my master's. Let's celebrate them. They, I'm like, I said, I studied sociology. <laughs> you guys are, I'll speak, please believe me when I say this. These are three of the brightest people I know. They're so capable. And I love to tell the stories, and so do they, of Jesus. And I want part of their stories of God's faithfulness, of God's affirmation, and of God's um, promises kept in their life to be that during the season of life that they got to be with us while they were at school, they were overwhelmed by God's goodness. And so this... This might be a little foreign. It might be uncomfortable, but um, we do uncomfortable stuff all the time. Um, I just want you to hold your hand out towards them as we pray. Lord God, we pray blessing and favor over their lives. We pray for, for, for doors to be opened by the power of God that couldn't be opened in any other way. We pray for their stories. We pray, Lord God, of your faithfulness through it. We pray that the stories they tell of you would hold power by your Holy Spirit. Lord God, we give thanks that we get to be part of their story moving forward. For whatever's on the horizon for them, we know that you're, you're simultaneously here going with them while also being there and waiting to receive them. And we ask all of this and affirm all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate it one more time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys.
This is awesome. This is so the story of, of young adult ministry. I think that when God is doing something and we get invited to be a part of it, um, I think that by the time we say yes to being a part of something that God's inviting us to do with him, he has already begun doing it long before we could even tell. Does that make sense? And so um, with I know that the story of young adult ministry here at our church began before any of us were probably even here. God, God does not, he's not reckless and he's not careless. Um, he, he know he has a plan and he knows exactly what he's doing. We just get to be a part of it. And so, but where I can start beginning to tell the story of our young adult ministry, our YAM program here at the church, uh, for me personally started when I was in college. I was at UTSA studying sociology and I was part of a fellowship, uh, discipleship group on campus. And, um, me and my roommates all joined this group. And then, and then we, some more guys we met, we had about eight guys living in a three bedroom apartment. We loved Jesus and it did not smell good all the time. <laughs> um, and so we, we loved Jesus. We lived life together. Um, I entered, I got, I learned how to be, uh, in a culture that was different than anything I'd ever known before. Uh, guys were selling their TVs so that we could buy more books about Jesus to read. There was a culture of fellowship and of honor and of learning and reading. I began to learn how I knew how to read, but I wasn't comfortable sitting down holding a book. And I began, and it didn't come easy, but I began to learn how to become comfortable holding a book. I began to not just know how to read, but learn how to read. This time uh, was was a huge, huge impact on my life. Um, I believe that what God does in you, he wants to do through you. And so uh, our college worship night on campus was on Thursdays. And we, uh, so we'd all gather in this assembly room in this big classroom called the Ratama. And this evening at the Ratama for, for our worship night, there was a guest speaker and his name was Dick Brogdon. He at the time was a missionary from Egypt and he spoke about, um, a call to mission. It stopped working. Are we back now? Okay, I'm not going to move from this position. No, so um, Dick Brogdon was speaking about a call to missions. And in his call to missions, he talked about sharing the gospel, telling the stories of what Jesus has done. And as he shared, um, there's always this time, it's very, very common and contemporary, um, where when the speaker, if you're at a summer camp or at some worship night thing with contemporary, as the speaker gets to the end of their talk and they do an altar call, where they invite people to either accept Jesus as their savior for the first time or to, or to re-give their life to Christ and start fresh because they've drifted away. And I've been on both sides. I've been on the side of giving an altar call and I've been on the side of coming up to the altar to say, God, I've come away from you. I want to come back. Um, and so he began to do an altar call, but it wasn't an altar call to give your life to the Lord. It was an altar call to missions. 
And his whole talk was about surrendering your life to the Lord um, to be a, an advocate, an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven in your family, in your workplace, when you go to the gym, when you go to the grocery store, wherever you go, carrying with you this personal ambassadorship to God. And as he's talking, the, the band gets up and stands behind him they pick up their instruments and they begin to play softly and it's very it's an emotional thing and i saw something i've never seen before dick brogdon turned around and he said very kindly and politely please stop playing he said i don't want you to have a flash of emotion i don't want you to have a swelling of passion that then gets snuffed out because you're busy i want to sit in silence for about 10 minutes. And if you feel called, if you hear God calling you to a life of missions, whether that be overseas or in your own household, he said, just lay down on the ground. And I laid down on the ground with about 800 other people. And we sat there for about 10 or 15 minutes. And it was crazy. And while I was laying there, um, I think, I, I believe, I had a vision. If you've ever had a vision, you'll understand how it kind of sometimes doesn't make sense. But I had a vision, and it was of like an overview looking down at our church. And then it zoomed out, and it showed Shriner Campus. And God was saying, this is where I'm going to do something. And this is the church I'm, I'm going to do it through. And I'm going to move. And Spencer, I want you to be a part of it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm about to graduate from UTSA. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Well, then less than a year later, I had gotten married and had sold all our stuff. And we were on a plane moving to Costa Rica. <laughs> And I was, and I remember being confused because I remember at one point, I, I, on one hand, I know that God's calling us to Costa Rica and I know that he's, that he has things, pre- he's prepared us for it and he's, he's pouring into us and he's been faithful. And on the other hand, I had this vision that I was supposed to be a Shriner, that I was supposed to be in Kerrville. So I, I don't know, God, I'm confused. And I remember sitting on the plane and staring out the window at the runway as it, t- as the plane took off. And I remember counting the options. Was it really a vision? And I thought about it and I arrived at the conclusion, I believe it was a vision. Okay. And then another option is, did God make a mistake? And I thought about that and I arrived at the conclusion that God doesn't make mistakes. So my third option was, I just will have to wait. I will have to wait on the Lord. So our time in Costa Rica was great. Um, our time, and so one of the, Kendra and I, my wife, as we were in Costa Rica, we wore a couple different hats. We taught at the Methodist school there, Bible and English classes, and then we, we got to help out with those things at the school. We, we got to do small group Bible study stuff at the school that we were at. But then also we got to help out at the Methodist Children's Home Orphanage, where short-term mission groups like ours that we're have signups and information for in the lobby right now um short-term mission teams would come in for a week and they would need basically like a missions team mom and dad to help show them like very broken spanish translate 
to like the construction staff on how they can help, but then also to like, hey, now you know, what they, we're breaking for dinner now. Oh, okay, now we're going to go to here to kind of like be hosts to them during their time helping us serve. And one of the short-term missions out of the tens and hundreds that came over our four years there was a, a, a school from Marble Falls named Faith Academy. Their school came on a mission trip to Costa Rica. And we got to know them. They were rambunctious and it was fun. It was difficult to leave at night because they were so, they liked to stay up late and, and, and have fun and play games. And Kendra and I were like, we were really tired, but we also think it's so much fun hanging out with y'all. And during our time hanging out, we got to know one of the students that was a little bubble of energy named Kirsten. Kirsten, they call her Kiki. And Kiki was just a rambunctious young lady that loved the Lord. And we got to know her. She followed us on social media. We followed her. She left Costa Rica and we never talked to her again. <laughs> and so a couple years go by and we've, Kendra and I have stayed, done our four years in Costa Rica and we discern that the Lord's calling us back. And so we come back and, and I meet with David and we share our hearts with each other and about how is the Lord and is the, I share him about my vision of our church and young adult ministry in Shriner. And he shares in that vision and he says, well, let's do college ministry at our church. Let's do young adult ministry. Let's make it happen. That's, this is, that's what you're going to be doing here. I said, that's great. That's awesome. I said, where are we starting? He goes, we're starting at zero. We have nothing. <laughs> I said, okay, that's great. And so I began to think, where do we start? Where does something start with the Lord? And I believe, I'm convicted of this, I believe it personally. It starts in prayer. It starts in prayer. And so um, I I didn't know what to do. And David is always encouraging us to go try new things and fail. Don't be scared of failure. Failure is how we learn. Um, You can share a thousand stories of success with someone, but it's going to be your stories of failure that they learn from, that they grow from. Go and fail and be encouraged and learn and grow. So I said, okay, I'm going to go fail. And I look at it like, I don't know what to do. And so um, now that uh, I'm an appointed pastor here, I have an office across the hallway over there. And it has my name. I get a name tag thing on it. It's really cool. Um, Before that, my office was in the fellowship hall in one of the storage closets. (laughs) And uh, that's where I did all my work. And so I would, as I began to pray, as I began my first steps in joining in God in what he'd already been doing. I'd go into my office storage closet. I'd lock the door. I'd turn the light off and I'd crawl under my desk and I would pray. And I would just pray. That's how I started off every morning. Everyone's like, where's Spencer? Can't find me. And so I, I, just, I didn't know what else to do. Well, one after after a few weeks, um, I get a message uh, uh, on Instagram. I get it, and it's Kiki, and she messages me, and she goes, "What? Hey, long time no see. What are you and Kendra doing?" I said, "We just moved back from Costa Rica this summer, um, this past summer." And she goes, "That's awesome. Where are you? Where are you? What are you? Where are you? And what are you doing?" I said, "Well, we're in Kerrville now. We're working at First United Methodist." She goes, "I'm in Kerrville." At Shriner. And I said, that's awesome. She goes, what are you doing at First United Methodist? I said, I'm doing college ministry. And she said, really? 
when do y'all, do y'all, do y'all meet? And I said, when are you free? And she goes, I'm free on Monday night. And I went, that's when we meet. <laughs> and so Kiki shows up Monday night in the fellowship hall to meet me in the storage closet with her two friends. And the Hill Country Music Orchestra is in there practicing, and we're like accidentally interrupting them. So we sneak into the storage closet, we close the door, and we're like, oh my gosh. So then we're like in there having our college time, and we're having to whisper, because <laughs> the youth orchestra's right outside, and we're going to interrupt. It was chaos. And it was awesome. And next week, they came back again. Eventually, they started bringing some more friends. And without knowing it, Kiki was becoming a champion for our church. She was becoming a champion for the kingdom. Uh, Dylan, can we put up the, uh, the, he, the Hebrews verse? And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Hebrews chapter 12. He is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He is our champion. And, and as ambassadors to him and his kingdom, we too are champions. Even while we still run the race. Having not even finished it, we're still champions in it. Because we share in his victory. Because we are Christ's ambassadors. Uh, let's put the other verse up. It's in 2 Corinthians. This is what it says. It says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is the word of the Lord. So we are Christ's ambassadors. And while we are his ambassadors, he is our champion. Therefore, we share in being a champion with Christ. Um, an ambassador to a kingdom and to a king is a couple things. They can do a couple things. The first thing that they can do is they carry a message for the king. They can carry a message for the king. Uh, the other thing that they can do is they can, they are the, they represent the presence of the king to wherever they go. And thirdly, they are allowed to speak on behalf of the king. That's the role of an ambassador. We are Christ's ambassadors to this world. And our message on behalf of the king that we are currently running the race of is come back to God. And Kiki, without knowing it, was becoming a champion for what God was doing in the hill country. Um, time goes on. The group grew a little bit. The group shrank a little bit. People get busy. People come. People go. Well, then eventually there's this young lady that came. We celebrated her graduating recently, a few years ago. Her name was Janelli. 
And Janelli gave her life to Christ, converted to Christianity, met the living God. And, and when I imagine the kids, all my college students say this thing called full send. And it means to like jump headlong into something with everything. And the way that I imagine full send happening is I imagine David, our senior pastor. I imagine David skiing down the slopes and his skis getting stuck and stopping and him flying out of his boots. Full send. Okay. Janelli full sends into knowing Jesus. And she, she, her life is transformed and she gets, she's full sent into what God is doing. And without knowing it, Janelli becomes this champion for our church and this champion for Jesus and God and the kingdom and as an ambassador of what he's doing. And her version of come back to God was the only place I know God is at First United Methodist Church. So come with me to First United Methodist. We're hanging out in a storage closet. <laughs> uh, no, we, we found a different place that was, that didn't have as many orchestra instruments playing. Um, come, her version of that, of come back to Christ was the only place I know Christ right now is at Yam. Would you come to Yam with me? And she became this ambassador, this advocate for Yam. You couldn't know Janelli without hearing about our church. You couldn't sit next to her for more than a minute before you would hear about Yam happening. She was an ambassador that carried a message but also spoke on behalf of and had the presence of God as a victor because she shared in Christ's victory as a champion while she was still running the race herself. So then Janelli graduates, we celebrate her, and Cody, the only, we just celebrated Cody. The only reason why Cody is a part of our church, the only reason why he's here right now, is because Janelli would not shut up about Yam. <laughs> Cody, came, he's nodding right now. Cody came in as a, and, and as a freshman, he'd heard about all this different stuff, but when he, when him and Janelli's circles overlapped, he did not hear the end of it. And he finally came to Yam and he was like, I want to full send my life into Jesus' life as well. I want to be a champion in this race. I want to share in his victory as an ambassador of Christ. And we see that happening in his life. That's now part of the stories he will love to tell. Our Yam group is continuing to grow. Um, when I think about something that has always stood out to me, this in the same, in the same time in my life when I've had that vision about ministry at our church and for young adults and Shriner, the, I also had a verse that I highlighted that always stuck with me and it's in, it's in Habakkuk chapter one. And God is speaking to Habakkuk and he says, Habakkuk, look at your world. Look at the nations. Look at it. And he looks at it and it's not good. <laughs> But God tells him, he says, be amazed because I'm going to do something in your days that is so good that if I told you about it right now, you wouldn't even believe it. I believe that God is speaking that same thing still. And I believe that he is saying, Curvo First United Methodist, come up with the most inconceivable, successful ministry thing that you could possibly think of. And if you can believe in it, it's too, you've dreamed too small. Because I'm going, I'm doing something 
so big, so grand, so good that you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. I believe that God is doing, it's the evidence of his goodness at our church is, is stacks up high really quick. And part of that is because of the stories of Alexis and Marco and Cody. In the same way that I was a college student and what Christ does in you, he wants to do through you. And I was invited to accept a call to missions. I'm not going to invite anyone to come up here. If some of you knelt down, we might not ever get you back up. But in the quietness of where we're at, I want to invite you to listen to the voice of God. And maybe you'll hear it for the first time. I don't know. Calling you to be an ambassador for him and his kingdom. First and foremost, in your family. And in your workplace and at the gym you go to and in the grocery store and in your small group and in your church. I want to invite you to then begin a conversation with God moving forward through these sermons of I love to tell the stories of where can you become a champion within your local church? Jesus is the champion, and I think for the disciples, for the 12, uh, he was their champion. And if we, David said something a few weeks back that really kind of rattled me. I've been thinking about it. Uh, he talked about how as an icebreaker question to get to know people and to just kind of begin conversation and to open up. We say, if you could have, if you had one day left to live, what would you do? You could do anything you wanted. If you only got one day, what would you do? Some people, oh, I'd go skydiving. Oh, I'd go eat all the food. And some people go, oh, I would spend it with my family. Some people are like, I would go fishing. Jesus knew he had one day left and he could have done anything he wanted to. And he chose to wash feet. He chose to serve. And so I'm going to pray for us now. And I want you to begin a conversation with God moving forward through the sermon series on God, where can I be a champion for you and an ambassador to your kingdom here in my local church, supporting ministries or something? And whether it's going into a storage closet and climbing under a desk to pray or whether it's whether it's something else. God, I'm not looking for a trophy. I'm not looking for a participation ribbon. I'm not looking for a thank you. What I'm doing is is that I'm looking for you. And I want to be an ambassador to what you've done in my life in my local church. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. And you are so good. We can stack up all of our stories. And we'd run out of paper telling of how good you are. Jesus, you are the champion of our faith. But in every single one of our lives, we have champions that have guided and directed us in our walk towards you and with you. God, I pray that we, would we rise up as a church and would we become champions to one another and to others in the victory that is in Christ. God, will we begin a conversation with you over the next few weeks as we love to tell the stories? Would we be part of what you're doing?
Lord, we become champions for you and be ambassadors in our church. In the name of Jesus, amen.